Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Dadhood Podcast. This is episode 13. Today we are joined by Fayaz. Fayaz is a father to one and we go through his inspirational journey of his career change from working in the charity sector to working in the data privacy industry and all of the kind of nooks and crannies and uh, ups and downs in between in that journey and why the birth of his daughter was a key part to this journey and uh, what he learned from his daughter from the experience of of having a daughter and how he took some of the lessons his father uh, taught him and the types of things that he saw from his father uh, and how he applied that to his career change and his career journey. This is definitely one to listen to, especially if you're thinking about increasing your income uh, as, as as a father, as a family man. So make sure you give this a like, you subscribe and you share this around to other fathers. You can even listen and download, to the, download these episodes on iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts or wherever uh, you, you, you listen to your podcasts. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to the Dadhood Podcast and welcome Fayaz. Uh, alhamdulillah, we finally got you onto the podcast. It's been a minute. We tried to record some with Fayaz uh, uh, last week, the week before, the week before this. Uh, we were just saying it's probably take three or four of this. Uh, but inshallah, our, our technical difficulties and our schedules hopefully have matched up now. And uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to get going with this one. So Fayaz, welcome. And as always, we always start our uh, our podcast with a, with the same question to all of our guests: Is how many children do you have, and how old were you when you had your children? Bismillah, Rasi Walikum Salam, and yeah, Jazakallah for having me. And Alhamdulillah, we're here. Uh, we had a few issues like you mentioned, but I'm really happy to be here. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so I've got one daughter. Uh, she's two years old, and I had her when I was 31. Okay, Alhamdulillah, and. Uh, how have you found the the first uh, two or three? Or do you say two years old? Yeah, two years. Yeah. So Just how have you two. found the first two years? Alhamdulillah, it's been amazing. Definitely, it's come with its challenges, uh, but yeah, it's been an amazing experience. I think the biggest thing for me is probably was, and everyone kind of warns you about it about lack of sleep um, when a baby comes, and I I I heard everyone. I thought, okay, cool. It's not going to be that bad, but definitely. Uh, when my daughter was born, I think sleep was the biggest difficulty for me. Uh, but obviously, as a father, we've got the easy side of things. But yeah, for me, that was probably the hardest thing to get used to, for, at least for the initial couple of months. I'm someone who, without sleep, I don't operate too well. But alhamdulillah, I think my body's adapted. I can literally fall asleep much more quicker now. And yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I use my sleep time more efficiently, I think. That's good, that's good. Yeah, I feel like... Uh... You know, you know, the, we're meant to be sleep training the babies, but they sleep train us. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what I've definitely found the same thing. And yeah, there's. I think after the maybe the first few months was really hard because you're kind of like thrown into it. Once you get used to yeah. it, I think it's a lot more beneficial to your lifestyle than yeah. maybe before you had kids because you could choose. I'll sleep whenever I want or I'll wake up when I want or it, although you obviously have other responsibilities work and whatnot but uh, you can be a bit lazy with your sleep but but with kids it's like you you try to make the most of how many hours you're gonna get and uh, even if, if you have to wake up early you try and make most of those early hours because you know well I can't really go back to sleep I have this baby to look after right now so exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's pros and cons to it. I think there's definitely more pros. So I wanted to start off uh, our conversation um, by going to a, a point that you made in a, in a different podcast that I listened to. So you were being interviewed sure. uh, by like one of your mentors who helped you in terms of uh, changing your career path. And that's that's also something I want to go, go into sure. a little bit more. Um, but there was one thing in specific I wanted to start with was you mentioned that... Um, you changing your career path, uh, part of that uh, uh, was sort of some inspiration from your father or the way that you'd, you had seen your father live or the, the decisions that he took helped you to be a bit more comfortable with your career change. So that's obviously very relevant because now you're a father as well and there are sure. many points in your life, I'm sure, are going to come up uh, in our lives where we're going to have that sort of impact on our children without even knowing because I'm sure your father probably didn't know that he had that that impact on you um so what what was that what was it from from your father that you saw uh or the things that he did that made you uh, maybe take on this characteristic of 
taking risks or being comfortable with taking risks? Sure. Uh, firstly, um, Allah, uh, have mercy, my father, he passed away a few years ago. Um, um, so, Alhamdulillah, I think probably as as pondering this, because obviously we had an attempt uh, of this a couple of weeks ago, I was trying to, I was pondering this question, because I thought it was going to, uh, assuming obviously it's going to come up. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a couple of different sides to it. I think one of the first things I remember always since when I was very young, my father always had like a under really strong kind of work ethic and uh, he'd work long hours and work hard hours. And he was officially in the restaurant trade for a large chunk of his life, probably 35 plus years. And when I was about 11, 12-ish, uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, he decided that's something which he doesn't feel comfortable doing uh, and he wanted to do something different. Uh, and he, Alhamdulillah, he left that trade and he opened actually one of the first halal butchers in the Exeter area, uh, in the whole South Devon area. Uh, and it's probably only later in life where I really appreciated and understood that kind of sudden change that he was comfortable doing something for such a long period of his life. Uh, and then he like made a decision that he wanted to do something different and he done something totally different and from his workplace his restaurant was literally opposite the road to where he lived uh, it was like a couple of minutes walk and now uh, he had to drive 45 minutes uh, each way so an hour and a half drive each uh, each day to go open up uh, this halal grocery store uh, and then come back uh, and I think it's probably yeah definitely much later in my life that I kind of appreciated it and understood how big a deal that was to make that change uh firstly from just a uh the perspective of having like a change in career path uh and doing something completely different and also that you know alhamdulillah that he made a decision that he wanted to, he wasn't comfortable in the restaurant trade uh and he wasn't comfortable that it wasn't something which was halal and beneficial for income wise but he kind of you know i think especially if you I think South Asian you probably know a lot of people who are in that trade and they find it difficult to leave and a lot of people say you know I'm going to stop doing this after x amount of years and etc and unfortunately a lot of people find it very difficult and never do but alhamdulillah you know my father he stayed firm with his decision and he left it and I think again that's something later in life that I kind of appreciate that kind of I think humility is a big thing that you know a lot of people are telling me he doesn't need to do that uh that he's comfortable but he you know understood that it's not something which he wanted to do it's not something which he feels comfortable with uh and then the flip side right he, he managed to do something completely opposite where he was actually the first um place in the southwest selling halal food um, halal chicken etc and he felt really passionate about serving the community uh, and giving back to the community and something which he saw there's a need for community people who struggle after these kind of things and that uh, he would work crazy hours to do that and that's something which really kind of inspired me and yeah definitely I don't think I realized and appreciated it as much when I was younger but as much later on where I appreciated and I understood and, I, and, and his decision and his motives inspired me. And what, what kind of uh, impact did it have practically, as in, um, it inspired you, but then what did you go on sure. to do after that? Sure. So, um, I done my university degree in pharmaceutical science, uh, and that was kind of path which I kind of thought I was going go, go to go through, and it's very shortly after I finished university that my father unfortunately had a, a severe stroke. Uh, so I was living in London at the time and my mother and my father were living in Torquay and after his stroke, he essentially he was paralysed, uh, he couldn't communicate and he couldn't talk anymore uh, and he was wheelchair bound and he couldn't make use of his left side of his body fully and during that time I moved back to Torquay to help look after my father and I think that was the first point where I started, firstly that in itself was a huge uh, eye-opener for me he was someone who I saw very active all his life even up to he had a stroke just when he was just over 17 he was still very active he'd go to a mosque daily uh and he's very active and then to see v v that person suddenly unable to move and to be fully dependent on everyone was that in itself was an eye-opener but anyway I was living helping my wife for a couple of years while he was getting slightly better and at that point I felt like 
you know, I want to do something different. The reasons why I probably wanted to go down the original career route was probably much more kind of money orientated and it kind of made me rethink what I want to do. So though I had a recent career change, I had a career change before that and that was again inspired okay. off of that. I felt felt like, you know, that route and not that the route that route's bad or anything, it's just something which I felt like, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else and I want to uh do something more beneficial uh, and end up doing my first career change going into a charity sector um for a number of years. And Alhamdulillah, that's something which I really enjoyed and was passionate about. But then a few other things happened and I knew my daughter was on the way as well. And I kind of reevaluated where I see myself in the future. Mm. Uh, and I couldn't see myself in the charity sector for much longer, uh, just simply because it's, it's very draining. It's uh would everyone who does it. Uh, it's very... Yeah, yeah, that work-life balance is something which is very difficult to kind of manage. Uh, and I've got a lot of respect for people who do, especially when, when yeah. we have kids and etc. cetera. Uh, it's something which I just didn't think that I could do or I could be happy uh, doing. So I originally made a change, career change. Well, I not a computer, just a career change. I moved from London uh, back to Exeter, uh, the area where I grew up in. So that was a big change. And again, I think it's because just remembering the kind of decisions which my father done but I was yeah. I think more fearless in doing it as I kind of worked out what I wanted to do uh, and I was focusing on a different project uh, so I ended up moving to Exeter uh, and that actually wasn't the career change which I originally planned it was looking to do a business of sorts and right. I was working towards that and then COVID happened and I kind of <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh okay take a step back <laughs> and I was really fortunate in the fact, fact that we were very close to actually signing a contract um, with uh, a landlord for someone. Oh. Uh, and we were in the process of negotiating costs and uh, the lease. For like for like a warehouse? Uh, nah, it was a retail unit. Uh, I won't okay. go into detail what it is right. at the moment. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And we were in the process of negotiate, negotiating that and then COVID happened and it's like, Alhamdulillah, that those few weeks were so stressful trying to negotiate something, and then suddenly COVID happened, and it's like, okay, Alhamdulillah, Allah Subhanahu yeah. bless me was that something which felt like was a huge headache, and yeah. it was just getting yeah. nowhere. And suddenly I realize, you know, we plan and Allah plans, and Allah, so of course, of course, the best of planners, and it's like, oh wow. Uh, and then during that time, again, I had to reassess what I wanted to do. Mm. That business idea, I still think that. It's possible, but I don't think I had the risk app. I don't have the risk appetite to do it at the moment. I think maybe something later on, uh, but at the moment, it's just, yeah, for myself, I didn't have risk appetite and I kind of decided to try a few other things. And before I even done this course, I attempted a, a course um, in project, project management, uh, which I went through. Uh, and it's something which I always had in the back of my mind, it's something which I might get into. And then when I was doing the course, I thought, oh, this is dry. This isn't for me. <laughs> uh, so I completed. And then I finished the course, got the qualification. I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm back to square one. And then I, I randomly stumbled upon someone's uh, Facebook post. And that kind of intrigued me. And I ended up going down uh, another different route. And Alhamdulillah, it's, it's uh, paid off. And I'm, yeah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so I really want to explore this journey because um, the fact that you said, uh, knowing that your daughter was on the way and you were going to have to be that have that responsibility as a father kind of changed your mindset and your outlook of where you were to where you want to be going and if I'm honest I'm probably in that phase right now myself where I'm thinking about create uh, career change business etc because of this same reason that uh, I was also in you could say it was a charity sector. It's not exactly a charity, but I work. It was working for Mend, um, and um, it's in the kind of same field you could say as what some of the other humanitarian charities do in terms of being a Muslim organization, in terms of raising funds, in terms of interacting with the community and whatnot. And it's. I think we probably would have had very had similar roles in the sense that you are going out, speaking to the community, raising funds, um, delivering workshops trying to get volunteers, all that kind of stuff. And I was doing very similar things uh, in my role. Um, and I think then speaking to you now is going to help me to kind of see what, what my path could possibly be because you've, you've already kind of tread, tread that path. So kind of I got to a stage as well where I thought to myself, is there something that I want to do long term? 
is this something where I see myself, um, you know, as a father continuing this work, having enough energy when I want to, I want to do like, uh, uh, try to, um, I was about to say donate my energy because I was thinking about fundraising. <laughs> but I want to, I want to uh, kind of shift my energy more so towards raising my children than I do towards um, putting so much time and energy into my work. Uh, and into into uh, projects like that. Of course, you still need to give 100% at work. I'm not saying that I want to get a, a big paycheck by doing nothing, but but the type of work that we are involved in went beyond just work, right? It was like, you have to be involved really in invested. the cause. You have to really be yeah, invested yeah. in the cause beyond just it being a job. It has to be something that you're really, really passionate about in order for you to actually do the job correctly, because it requires yeah. people who are passionate, right? Um, yeah. And And I think we're where I was getting to and probably where you got to was not, I, I'm not sure if it was a burnout, but it was just a, a realization of one's priorities and where one's energy needs to go. And so um, I kind of made a shift to Islam channel for, that was like a, a, a part of the reason because sure. it was somewhere where um, I could have a bit more work-life balance basically. But even now I'm thinking about what other opportunities in the future should I be looking towards? Um, so it'll be good to kind of see what uh, path you're taking. And uh, first of all, you know, yeah, may Allah bless your father because I can see the type of uh, uh, impact that he's had in terms of the life that he lived and the decisions he made, uh, what impact they left. And we can only pray that we are able to do that for our children as well. Uh, and and that, that is what makes a successful Part, what, partly what makes a successful father is to to instill in your children uh, these kind of values and, and this kind of uh, confidence in terms of decisions you, you can feel comfortable making in your life. So um, let's take it to that point then. So what was it uh, where you're in, you're in the charity sector and now you're, you're, you're either was your child born at that point or when you started thinking no, about it was when your it, wife got pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, so your, Actually, so your wife was pregnant. Even a little bit before then, uh, okay. we went Hajj about a year before I left the charity sector. Mm. Uh, and actually, we made a conscious decision about Alhamdulillah, we're, obviously, Hajj prices are always going up. And then we're able to, we made a decision that we wanted to try and do Hajj first before we have um, a child. So that was kind of uh, another part before that. Uh, and when I went Hajj, I was kind of contemplating around that time. Uh, that I want to maybe do something different, but I wasn't fully sure. Uh, but it's one of the doors I asked Alina to kind of make it easy for me to understand what I should potentially do uh, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, so then when we expect my daughter, then things kind of got a little bit more real. serious and I started, yeah, <laughs> started getting real. Uh, and I started thinking about it. And like you said, I don't, it wasn't burnout as such. It was just me contemplating my role as a father mm. what I uh, and the kind of father that I want to be and the kind of time that I want to spend with my family and uh, children can I get that in the charity sector especially doing what I was doing uh, it wasn't an office-based job is it was something where like you mentioned it's you have to be fully invested it's almost 24 7 you need to mm. be by your phone and uh, communicating with people and I kind of thought you know this isn't something which I can see me being happy doing uh, long term yeah. uh, so that was kind of the first thing and then the other thing for myself was uh, at that time we were living in London and London I just felt for me personally A is very expensive to live there uh, and B the kind of area which I'd probably want to live if I'd be priced out of as well uh, for having a young child growing so that was another factor for myself mm. where I thought you know where would where would I shouldn't grow up what kind of schools and stuff that we'd go to so mm. that was another factor which kind of played in into that and then obviously I was thinking about my own uh, upbringing uh, and definitely though it's far from perfect it was I think it's getting the balance because there's definitely pros and cons of people growing up around many many Muslims like it is in London or where I grew up, where for most of my school life, I was probably the only Muslim person at school for a lot of my school life. And I was trying to weigh that up. And I, I don't think I've made a definite decision which one's the better or the worst, but I think it's trying to get a balance. I think has its kind of pros and cons. Uh, and with that being said, because I knew the area of Exeter well, and oh, another factor is that I've got 
lots of close family in Exeter. We're a few um, close families who I'm very close with. And that was another huge part of it because around London, I've got lots of family and relatives that, and we're relatively close, but you don't see them that often. And uh, something which I thought would be really important is having a support network mm. um, for myself, for my wife and for my child. And I felt that's going to be something which is really important. Uh, so that was another part of the reason which I ended up moving back to Exeter. So I don't, yeah, definitely wasn't one one single thing. There was a few different kind of aspects which I thought for myself that the move to Exeter would be better. Uh, then I kind of, in my mind, I thought that I want to go to Exeter before I thought about what I wanted to do career-wise. So I'm not sure if that's really the best way to do it, but that's how <laughs> my, 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 that's how I kind of thought, okay, I want to move to Exeter. Then the next step was, okay, if I move to Exeter, what am I going to do in Exeter? <laughs> uh, and doing a business, something which I wanted to do, do before. And I'm unfortunate. I've got a few close friends who've got successful businesses and I was speaking yeah. to them about ideas and etc. And we kind of carved out something which would work in Exeter. Nothing was set in stone yet, but we carved out there's definitely potential of doing one of a few things. We had a few different ideas. And sure. that for me was uh, enough that I thought, okay, this is my, uh, it's going to work. Um, I ended up actually, because I've got some other family members at Exeter who uh, taxi driver, I thought I'm going to do that as a short-term thing, it's something which I can do. Uh, and it kind of gives me flexibility with my, I know my daughter's going to be born in the next couple of months. Yeah. I thought taxi driving while I work towards setting up the business uh, will work well for me. It gives me flexibility. And I mm. kind of made that decision that that's the reason why I'm going to, uh, that's what I'm going to do when I initially moved to Exeter. Okay. And I kind of took it from there. Uh, and then, yeah, I, and that's, yeah, my rationale behind the move. Okay, so what, what, what made you uh, feel like business was the right thing? Like, why didn't you immediately think, uh, why don't I just move from charity sector to corporate? I can get more money. Uh, I might not, I, I can maybe control my hours a little bit better. It's not unsociable hours. Well, why, why didn't you go that route rather than think, okay, I'm going to go business? Sure. I think... Definitely, again, back to my father, him having businesses is something which I felt, you know, okay. was something which I wanted to do. Uh, and I think it's the flexibility which I perceived is possible uh, with a business. Now, don't okay. get me wrong. I think the first year or so of businesses uh, can be very brutal time-wise. But I think overall that if you can do things right, the flexibility which you can have as an individual can be much more than you'd have anywhere else. Uh, and because, like I mentioned, I had a few close friends who had successful businesses that gave me more confidence that I, you know, I'd spoken to them in great length about ideas and etc. And someone who's very close to me, one of the things, Alhamdulillah, he's got a couple of very successful businesses. Uh, and one of the things he told me is that, why do you want to do a business? And and we kind of got into it and he said you know you should do it because you want that kind of flexibility and etc don't do yeah. it for the money do it for the lifestyle and that okay. kind of really made me think so it's something which he's he, he's mentioned and kind of pondered with me he said don't do it because you want to earn x amount of money do it because of the lifestyle you want because you want to spend x amount of time with your children or you want right. to have uh, a certain level of comfort which you can have without having to worry and, you, and that you can treat your family and kids and to certain things and i thought oh, that kind of you know that really inspired me because i thought yeah. i think especially before my father's stroke i think i was much more money 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 orientated and then after the stroke i kind of changed my kind of perspective but i think for a certain period of time when i was in the charity sector i think maybe under kind of not necessarily conscious influences but subconscious i think influences that you kind of i felt for a period that you know that desire to make money i almost felt guilty about uh, but right. when I saw other people who are, they, alhamdulillah, they've got that balance right where, alhamdulillah, they're practicing and they're, and they've, they're making good money. But the reason for they wanted to do it and the reason why I think, alhamdulillah, Allah blessed their businesses is because they wanted to do it for the lifestyle and not the money. They wanted to be able to spend time with children. I've seen it's really worked for them. So that's something which uh, kind of made me want to go around the business route. And still, inshallah, it's something which I want to do, want to get to eventually. That's very interesting because it, it, it falls into the, the mindset that Muslims should have of money in terms of, uh, you know, Allah condemns those who earn money, but they hoard it. But, but he praises yeah. those who spend for his sake. And so mm. if you're doing of the intention to make the money, it's as if you're 
only intention is to kind of just amass the wealth and to hold the wealth. If you're doing it with the attention exactly. for the lifestyle, then the money that you're making is going to be spent on that lifestyle. And that lifestyle, as a Muslim, should be halal things like spending on your Absolutely. family, spending on charity, going for Hajj Umrah, um, and giving gifts to people, etc. Whatever it is. Exactly. So it kind of, as I can see that. If you have that intention, then you get the barakah from it, rather than it being something which you should, like like you said, a lot of people maybe they look down upon uh, earning money, but you just have to differentiate the two different yeah. intentions. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, so from from that point, uh, you found that okay, businesses. It, it, it was going okay, but it started to become a bit stressful and then COVID came along. So yep. what then made you start thinking, okay, I need to look beyond business. I need to find something else. And sure. what were you looking for? What was that something else that you were looking so, for? So I think at that point, uh, my daughter had been born and obviously things got much more real once you, your daughter's physically there. And though I wanted to do business, I just... I think it goes back to, I think, risk appetite. And I just felt like this is something which I could do, but I'd have to put a lot into it. And there's that risk of why it doesn't work. And I think had I been in a position where I'd done this a few years earlier, before I had my daughter, then I would have been, I would have been more happy to take a larger risk. But at that okay. point, having a young daughter, it just kind of made me think, this is something I want to do, but I'm not sure if now is the time to do it. Uh, it's really interesting and... that because I'm, I'm gonna let you carry on, but um, sure. How how a, a, a father puts the needs of their children beyond his own desires? I think it's very interesting that uh, this. I think this is this is just something from the fitrah, something from mm. within us that Allah has created parents with that that we we sacrifice our immediate needs or wants um, or desires. Uh, even if they're very, um, what you call it, very kind of uh, uh, necessary things like, so, like maybe even food. Like you're very, very hungry, and uh, let's say, let's you know, there's stories of people in the past where they they're starving, but they give the food that they have to their children rather than to themselves. So even to down to the most necessary things, but then also things that we are thinking about in terms of desires and visions and goals that we have. Once you have children, you start designing those things around your children. Uh, yeah. did, did, did you start noticing that with yourself like once you had your daughter or what yeah. on, on the way that she was being born like you're starting to think a bit differently actually yeah. maybe the visions and desires that I have I'm changing like they don't actually line up now with with what I thought they would yeah no definitely I think so it goes from smaller things to big kind of things it's like okay maybe I want a sake of argument a new jumper or hoodie but this this week we've had X amount of expenses, but then I'm thinking, oh, maybe I can get something small for my daughter, which she's going to really appreciate. Or especially yeah. when they're really young, it's like other things, it's like drink bottles and stuff, which just makes life easier for her and I guess, and the mother as well, and which make life yeah. easier. And, it's, and mm. it's like, it's not, yeah, I don't think there's a conscious decision. It's not like a suddenly uh, switch flicks properly. It's just, <laughs> you just subconsciously, it's like you said, it comes back to a fitra where you just naturally, it happens. Yeah. And I remember people telling me about this before and, I, 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 for whatever reason at that time I forgot about those conversations but when I was thinking about later I remember I remember having those conversations but yeah I don't remember consciously suddenly thinking I want to I, I'm going to prioritise my daughter it just happens it's the fit I just it, like it just kicks in and yeah. it's yeah it's just organic and it, yeah it just is like that Alhamdulillah and I, and, and I think it it doesn't even um, feel bad you know like, like sometimes, no. sometimes you can describe it like Oh, I have to give up what I want for my children. Like some people might describe it like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some people, some people might feel that type of way. But I think, I think in most cases, it doesn't even feel bad. It feels like actually this no. is genuinely something that I think is a good thing, even for myself to do. And it gives yeah. you, gives you like some space of growth. Like what I found is that, um, you know, when my when my son was born, and over the first few months of him being born, uh, all of these things, I started kind of noticing basically flaws within myself like because i was now i know how to th i had to think about him it was starting mm. to make me think 
uh, wow, did I, was I always really selfish or was I always really uh, maybe angry or impatient? Because now I have to uh, control my emotions, I have to control my thoughts, I have to control my needs and my wants for the sake of my children. And so it made me think, wow, before I had children, was I really, like, did I have this many character flaws? So it taught me a lot about myself. Did, did you find that as well? Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's that, that saying when we, people, I can't remember the exact saying about how, children are a reflection of you mm. but like when you like what you said now it's it's both ways because seeing my daughter makes me reflect on myself and like you said I'm thinking about my own flaws and characteristics and I'm very much more aware of them and I'm more aware that I need to make sure that by the time she's starts getting older and starts absorbing things that I don't have those same flaws and characteristics or at least yeah. she doesn't see them so openly and blatantly as, as they may be and it makes yeah definitely as soon as she's born as soon as she was born it's like i need to be a better me and then each day i'm still thinking how can i be even better me and it's like how can i be the best father i can be for her and i'm always thinking about how i can improve and i'm very wary about certain flaws of myself and characteristics which i i in my mind i need to make in my mind it's like that's a primary objective that I make sure that she doesn't pick pick that up from me and mm. it's always kind of yeah put myself in check yeah I always say this to uh, brothers who are um, maybe maybe they're, they're looking to get married um, or they're married but they haven't had children yet and I would say some of the older ones like not not the really younger ones who are like 18 19 20 I would say maybe like so the 24 25 plus uh, brothers yeah and uh, I always tell them if they either haven't been married yet or they, they, they don't have children yet, uh, a lot of the excuses they give me is because I'm not ready. Like I need to f- kind of uh, sort myself out. Uh, in some cases, it's legit. Like, OK, maybe they, they don't have a very stable income. So, yeah, cool. OK, go get yourself an income before you think about doing something like that. Uh, maybe they feel like they have like a huge problem in their life. And fine. Yeah, sort that out before you bring somebody else into your life. Right. But a lot of the times it's just saying like, I'm not comfortable with the idea. I, I need to I need to kind of fix my character here and there. And then they take years and years thinking that they're going to fix that. But I always tell them that when you have, like once you do get married and you have a wife, it's going to tell you a lot about yourself and you're going to start fixing it up. When you do have children, yeah. it's going to tell you a lot about yourself. You're going to be, fi- you're going to fix yourself up. If you don't have those things, you're going to yeah. take all of these years to try and figure it out and how you're going to improve it to yourself and how you're going to better your character. And uh, it's not going to change much until you get into that situation. That situation will force you to reflect upon yourself and, and change yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's yeah, very good advice. And like you said, before you get married, even after you get married, you're much more aware of some, some of your flaws and you try and correct mm-hmm. them. But then when you have a daughter, it's suddenly like another spectrum. It's like you see in black and white and then suddenly you start seeing in colour and you're just much more <laughs> yeah. aware of like a different spectrum <laughs> of kind of things about yourself. It's like, oh, hang on. And we should get much more aware about. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Sorry, so let's let's go back to uh, uh, what you were saying. I can't remember why I cut you off. <laughs> I don't know if That's you remember. Fine. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, um, I think we're at this stage where you were basically saying that um, your daughter had come now and... Uh, you felt like you weren't the type of person to put so much risk on building a business and you thought maybe you will do it later but right now there's like an immediate uh, sort of uh, thing you need to take care of which is being there for your daughter and making sure that your family have some stability. Yeah, that's good. And and I think another factor which kind of played into that is probably house prices as well. As in, is to do, do a business that I have to put X amount of money into that and then there's X amount of risks. Is it going to, when will I get it back? And then how, after how much time will I get it back? House prices are increasing. And then I, I think Alhamdulillah, we're in a fortunate time where there's more options now as well, halal options. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there's an option which I feel much more comfortable with now, which I hadn't felt before. Uh, so I was looking into that. And that I think played a part as well as the what I would have put put in towards potential business. That I think I'd rather put in towards inshallah. I, I'm still renting at the moment, but towards something hopefully in the relative uh, near future into a property. Yeah. So I think that played another part as well into it um, when I decided that okay, I'm gonna go down the career path uh, route. 
Okay, okay, cool. So um, where did you go now? So you said that you went to go into project management. I honestly thought oh, that yeah. about that as well, right? Like I thought, okay, if I, I was in this, this organization, I was doing a lot of project management work, basically is what it was, right? Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of, it, it wasn't glorified in, in the names project management that's essentially what it was so I thought yeah I could easily transition to project management so that's that I'm, I'm sure that's probably what you thought as well so what did you find yeah, when you went there yeah that's pretty much what my thoughts were on it and then when I was going through this course it's just it just seemed and there's no disrespect to project managers out there it just seemed to me that I couldn't couldn't see myself being happy and satisfied with it uh how much I, I would you say the satisfaction of a job versus the income of a job matter <laughs> in, in in this I, I, that's, that's a difficult one because <laughs> uh, because they say you shouldn't ever do anything if it's not a job which you which you love or uh etc yeah. but i think it's getting that balance as in my current job i really enjoy it at times i love it i don't hate it i haven't hated it at any points yet uh, but <laughs> I, I i don't think it's i think in an ideal world everyone would do a job which they absolutely love 24 7 or not 24 7 but just through the work hours but unfortunately that's not always the case and i think it's getting that balance and i think for each person uh that kind of balance will be different because some people for simple needs and necessity might have to work and a lot of people do i know a lot of people who work very long hard hours doing something which they don't enjoy but they do it because they want to provide for the family so yeah. I, I think I, especially generally speaking in the west i think we're in a very fortunate position that we can even have these kind of conversations because there's so many people who are struggling we don't have so it, we're, it, so yeah it's, it's difficult I, I think everyone just needs to make their own kind of yeah own kind of reflection Mm. Or what we want to do and that's what kind of led me to this is something which i could see that i'd enjoy and when i started going through the kind of course and qualification i started liking it more uh and but i think to say only go for a job which you, which you know you're going to love it's it's not realistic for a lot of people and if yeah. it is realistic for you for someone then you're very in a very very fortunate situation that's realistic yeah. for you definitely so where are you now um just in terms of the industry where did you sure. decide so, to move into now? I'm in data privacy, so I, I kind of stumbled upon data privacy. I've been doing a GDPR uh, training at the charity sector a few, year, a few years ago, yeah. uh, up till about six months or so ago. I never, ever would have cons considered that as a uh, career, uh, but I kind of stumbled across it. Uh, there's a brother who I had on my Facebook uh, from mutual, from mutual friends who was making some mm. posts, and then he had this um, training program which he, he was going to going to provide, and I saw, I messaged him, had a few conversations, even before I, in my mind, I'd pretty much committed to a course, but there's still a part of me is thinking. I'm, I'm a bit unsure i have to invest x amount of money towards it x amount of time towards it but that, you know done is takara i felt comfortable that this year this is what i want to do uh alhamdulillah bismillah i took the plunge and fast forward so this was right at the end of last year with the course starting in january uh so complete the course completed the uh exams uh and passed the qualification and alhamdulillah i got a very very decent job um in the data privacy sector uh just about about july i think i started at the beginning of july so within six months i managed to vastly change turn around what i was doing what i was um earning and uh what i could do with my free time that's the other thing so one other reason so i was trying to get that balance we were speaking about um yeah. so though this though maybe is something which I wouldn't love doing 24 seven to work because essentially it works as nine to five. It gives me more free time, A, to spend with my family, but to do other projects as well. So uh, the fact that I moved to Exton, especially because I've seen how Islamic organizations and mosques can really benefit communities in cities like uh, London and different areas of London, something which I've been very passionate about trying to work with my mosque to do more things. Uh, and that's probably, another huge thing that 
this jobs offered offer me that that flexibility and that free time to do other projects and i think that's i think that's something really important important and especially for other people who are looking at job roles and etc uh which they're thinking oh, is it gonna be something which i love and stuff it's if it gives you free time to do other stuff to not just spend time with your family but to give back to the community and stuff like that i think that makes a huge difference for your own kind of well-being and uh happiness and ultimately for Akra as well yeah 100 percent. i remember when when you kind of I, I saw that you made this career change and you have a daughter that is two years old it made me think that a lot of people wouldn't put themselves in that position right a lot of people wouldn't say that uh i'm gonna change everything go from one uh, totally different sector to another totally different sector whilst i have such young children um but now that i've spoken to you, i kind of understand what the reasoning behind that was it was actually for the sake of your children that 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 you, that you did that or for your child that, that you did that um how, how much did um did you kind of maybe second guess yourself as you were going through this process of like should i should i really be doing should i really be doing this or were you were you quite quite kind of head on like I know that this is going to be good for me and for my family and so I'm going to go ahead and make this move and it's going to work out. I think a bit of both. Uh, I, I was second guess myself. Up to, I, I think on all these people, if I commit to something, then I'm all in. So I think it's literally once I had made the payment and it's like, okay, I've given X amount yeah. of money now, then I've, I'm committed. I'm 100% in. I, I'm going to give, it, give this my all uh and i'll do i'll do my bit and then leave the rest to allah and that's something which my mentor would always say do do your best and then allah will do the rest and it's something that's simple but it's something like it's simple so i thought okay i've done my bit i've done this to cover i've asked other people around as well uh, what they think about this got a bit of advice and i thought okay, if i'm gonna commit to this i'm gonna go all in and just go for it uh and alhamdulillah and even when i started past qualification started applying for jobs Alhamdulillah, I, I applied for so many jobs that I had, Alhamdulillah, so many interviews that I kept on not getting the role and it started to, started to really frustrate me. Uh, and then the role which I ended up getting, the organisation and the way they kind of work and operate is, is fit, suits me much better than any of the other jobs which I actually applied for. Uh, so again, yeah, Allah has been very kind and generous to me that it, it, it worked out for me in the end, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, that's good. What 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 difference or impact do you say it's had on um, the time that you, you spend with your daughter or the amount of energy and, and stuff that you, you give to her and your wife and your family life? Sure. So it's interesting because it wasn't like us working in a normal sector um, when my daughter was born because when I moved to Exeter, I was taxiing, so I had a relative, sure. relative flexibility of the kind of hours and stuff I'd do uh so it's hard to measure because i can't measure i was working say in the charity sector when my daughter was born and then i was working in this sector tax it was completely different yeah uh, and then when covid happened uh i i stopped because uh, my mother lives with me and she's uh quite elderly and yeah. um she was high risk so i was i, I had to stop there uh, so i i stopped quite early um so i can't give it a direct comparison but alhamdulillah because this job's nine to five essentially and up till a few weeks ago i was completely working from home so it's very very easy for me mm. unfortunately at the moment i have to go into office two days a week uh, <laughs> which is which is a bit of a challenge uh but is, that, it's something... is that in london or is it yeah that's oh, in okay okay uh luckily i've got a lot of close family in london so literally i go up on a monday morning go straight to work stay monday night and then tuesday straight after work come straight back home so okay, only fine. one night away it's it's not ideal but yeah. it could be a lot worse yeah, uh definitely. and but the fact that the rest of the week i'm working from home um it gives me a lot of flexibility it's it's yeah it's not it's not not an ideal situation of how i want to be able to spend full time with children but the fact that it's two days in office but away from home one night away from home but the other three days i'm literally at home my daughter's running in and out uh between work and etc uh, i'm very fortunate so yeah alhamdulillah i'm grateful it's not that it's not yeah it's not a situation where it might work for everybody but it's working for me for now alhamdulillah 
Alhamdulillah. I think it's quite inspirational, bro, the, the, the journey. And I hope that your daughter, when she grows up, she, she sees this and she appreciates it. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, to go from being very comfortable in... Uh, and you're very... I mean, obviously, when we met is when you were in the charity sector. And I thought you were yeah. very good at your role. And I would say a lot of people would say yeah. that, that you were. Uh, to go from there, having a reputation in there, being comfortable in there, to then go doing taxiing, uh, which is totally different and uh, it, and and it's not um, not to look down on brothers who do the taxi jobs but it's not as glorified as uh, a job uh, uh, any uh, other types of jobs like what you're doing in the charity sector or what you're doing now right obviously it's, it's a job alhamdulillah it's, it, it's a, it's, it gives a pretty good income it gives you flexibility in time so it is something good but just from societal perspective it's not glorified right so to go from there to then doing that to then alhamdulillah getting this uh, 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 job in the data privacy industry I think it's a quite an inspirational journey and and the fact that the motivation behind that is your family and your daughter uh, I think um, hopefully she sees this and she she appreciates <laughs> appreciates that journey and I think it it touches upon quite a, a key thing about fatherhood is what we mentioned basically is that you know we as parents as fathers would sacrifice our needs and wants and desires and the visions that we have for uh, our life for the sake of our children and we would then re-carve our life and re-path ourselves and whatnot to make sure that other people in our life are um, happy but it also helps us as well right it's not like we're sacrificing our mental health our physical health just to make everybody else happy that would be quite a bad thing to do to be honest because you'll just burn yourself out i think the decisions that you made actually helped you helped you grow it gave you new skills it uh gave you a lot more time to make you feel more relaxed to give you more more time for your own development as well so uh there's like quite a lot in there and uh so i wanted to ask off the back of that like how uh, important is it for um or have you found in the time that you've been a father to really take care of yourself as well, you know, whilst also trying to take care of others? Sure. Nah, definitely very important. I think, yeah, especially for me, when I was working towards that business and then COVID happened, Alhamdulillah, I was very grateful for the fact that we didn't, hadn't signed any contracts and et cetera. But for a while, I found it very difficult because I, in my mind, I put a lot of pressure on myself thinking that I moved from London to Exeter with this plan. I moved my whole family over here for this plan. And I think I wouldn't go as far as say, saying that it put me through depression, depression and even, but yeah. it made me feel very depressed as it were uh, okay. about the situation. Uh, and then you just, you don't look after yourself as much, you start putting on weight, that kind of stuff. And I think that I was in a, I was in a, really kind of bad mind state mindset for a while where it's really affecting me uh and alhamdulillah that i going through this course and going through this process with my mental alhamdulillah may Allah ward him he kind of picked out all the good bits and strong bits and helped me kind of focus my energy um in the right way and it, yeah my mindset is completely different to what it was this time last yeah especially around this time last year i was probably mm. just about completing that project management course realizing it's not something which i wanted to do re thinking i'm back to square one uh and i was really just not in a happy place yeah. uh but alhamdulillah i was very fortunate that yeah that i came across this facebook post and we had mutual friends and uh my mentor uh alhamdulillah he really helped me uh and it's made my life a lot easier and just going through that whole process where it kind of recarved out my mindset maybe really kind of focus on what i want to do uh and reassess that my objectives and goals it yeah it made me so after i done the as well as what i was going through the course and the qualification it was i kind of spent more time on myself as well to look after myself and that really helped uh helped and i think it's really important as a father because you know as a father you want to be someone who's mentally strong spiritually strong physically strong and i think you have to bring all those elements into it uh elements into it and i think that's you have to put time and effort into each of those parts um as a father yeah and as yeah. a husband as well 
Hundred percent, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and a son in all your in all your roles and oh, your yeah, responsibilities that you have in life. Yeah, that's the beauty of Islam. So whole, so holistic. It's everything you have to think about. You have to see the whole picture. Um, just that saying, you don't just look at the pixel. You have to look at the whole picture. Uh, mm. so it's, it's really important. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Um, so uh, before we finish off, I just wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, going back to the very first question I asked you, which was just kind of a very quick question, was what uh, what have you kind of uh, how have you found the, the the past two years of being a father? But to go into that a little bit more, um, what would you say is uh, the most enjoyable thing about fatherhood in the past two years? Um, I was going to say something very easy. I was going to say just spending time with my daughter, but I think that's pretty easy, easy yeah. one to say. But it's probably seeing her learn things, and especially at that age, mm. at about two years old, she's starting to pick up things uh, and uh, seeing her kind of understand the world through her own eyes and starting to try to talk and starting to have her own um, opinion on things. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, one what's, what are some one of the stuff she's coming up with? She, she's not speaking so much. It's just the way she kind of looks at things and the way she'll kind of laugh. Or She's very... Uh, she's very confident as in she's just trying to run around and jump there's other things where i've seen other kids would probably be scared of well she's yeah. like she'll go all out for it but then there's <laughs> random things where uh she would be scared of where, where other kids wouldn't be scared of. so it's just interesting to see those kind of things one of the funniest moments for me which i for some reason is stuck in my brain is this is probably about just when she started learning how to walk uh so i was, I was in my office room working and i've got a bottle of water which i always have with me and it's just on the floor beside me uh and she wanted to play with me but i had some work to do and so she was a bit upset so she kind of literally walks into the room looks at me knocks the water bottle over and just walks back out again and then for me this just stuck out stuck out and it just, i just burst out laughing uh, and and she tried to keep a straight face as long as she could before she started laughing as well but you can see in her mind she's like i'm gonna try and keep a straight face and then she started laughing and it's like i don't know for that experience is something which is stuck with me and yeah i think definitely just seeing her learn things uh and making me aware of how i'm going to make sure that i try and try and teach her things mm. okay and then what's the most challenging thing you don't um, see sleep you already said sleep yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay i think trying to work out how I'm going to be as a father, especially as she starts getting a little bit older, mm. is trying to get that balance of loving but firm and not letting get away with things. Because she's at a stage right now, she'll, she'll, she'll just do all sorts of that silly stuff and etc. But just, I think trying to get that balance, I think it's just really challenging. And I, I, I can only imagine it's only going to get more and more difficult as she gets older. And another challenge is working out education as well. Uh, it's something which, before we moved to Exeter, we were thinking about the kind of education, Islamic school education or normal education. And that is something which is very prevalent in my mind at the moment, trying to work out what's the best thing uh, yeah. for, uh, like, we've discussed homeschooling as well to a certain extent. It's, I think that's something which is very very challenging and it's something which is very prevalent on my mind at the moment i'm still not 100 percent sure what, what we're going to do uh mm. moving forward yeah i think i think that's a common thing uh especially uh with fathers in our generation or new new muslim fathers uh is is you know i guess i guess it's a, a it's a place of privilege where we actually have a lot of options open to yeah, us, you know, and we're yeah. spoiled by choice in a way. We're not too sure yeah, yeah. what's going to be the best thing for our children. Maybe for our parents' generation, there wasn't many Islamic schools. Uh, homeschooling yeah. wasn't really an option because our parents had to come here to work yeah. many hours in order to give us a good lifestyle. Um, and so the only real option, and also many of them come from immigrant backgrounds, so they didn't have much money to send us to private schools. So the, really, yeah. the, the, the main option was just kind of state school. Um, yeah. 
and but now since obviously we our generation has has a bit more wealth uh we have more education we have more freedom to move around we have uh, a lot more institutes have been brought up homeschooling is a lot more popular now especially since covid so there's a lot more options on the table and uh, i think we're just a bit spoiled for choice i'm a bit confused yeah. on what's going to be the best thing to do i'm in the exact same place right now not sure what what to do what the, what the best thing is always thinking about it but um i read something today that maybe kind of pause all of those thoughts i read something uh i think it was on instagram or something like that some okay. quote popped up and it said um your child there'll be one day when your child will come to you for the last time to ask you to play with him and that that kind of made me wow. like just uh stop worrying a lot about <laughs> the next few years and it made me think how much am i missing out right now by thinking about all these things cuz It's true my son always asks me to come play with him and a lot of the times uh either I quickly go there I set something up for him I build something maybe some train set and then I'll go away and go back to what I was doing and I and then now he's distracted he's going to play I'll do that or um I was I'll just think about the future a lot rather than taking in yeah. what what he's doing right now and that that really made me think and made me kind of You know obviously we need to tie our camel we need to think about yeah. what's going to come in the future we need to plan that's fine but it shouldn't go at the expense of what's going on in your life right now and how your children are spending their time right now and um I think it just made me think yeah I need to take advantage of these years before that that day comes where they no longer want to play with you nah that's very yeah powerful uh, yeah there's something else when you're saying that just make me reflect on the kind of working mindset as well because it's especially i think for our previous generation a lot of the time they for kind of work really hard for the early part of the our child's life so we can provide for them later but at sacrifice of time spent with children and i think especially our current generation we've got kind of we're fortunate that we've got a similar thing but we we're unfortunate unfortunately at the same time we got that flexibility where we can decide on that as well as in how much we're working etc and how much time yeah. we spend with our children and it's something you know I was thinking that a lot of us could probably get away of working 3 4 days a week instead of doing 5 times day, days a week so we could spend more time with our children as in that extra that change in salary isn't going to be that uh impactful mm. for a lot of people and something that I was pondering as it's a post which someone made on I think Facebook I've forgotten the brother's name and I thought that really made me reflect as like yeah yeah that's kind of true and we're privileged that we're in that situation obviously not everyone uh is but alhamdulillah a lot of us are if we really think about it, that we could reduce our hours and reduce our income but it wouldn't have a dramatic effect but we'd be able to spend more time with our kids and that's yeah. something which I you know kind of pondering and then, yeah I don't know what where that balance is for me but something there yeah, as you were saying that kind of maybe reflect on that yeah yeah that's such a such a good point man time time is everything right now and yeah. uh, our the way that kind of maybe the the world is at the moment is everything's fast paced everything yeah. is kind of go 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 and uh, and and i think what maybe exaggerates that is um uh we're we're young And so given that we're young we want to take advantage of our youth we want to maybe work a lot of hours we want to yeah. put time in the gym we want to read a lot yeah. of books we want to take lots of courses we want to increase our knowledge of Islam that we won't try to do all this because we're trying to take advantage of our youth but at the same time we've decided to have children in our youth as well yeah. and uh, and and we haven't left it too late into our 40s and what not to have children and so uh we have to realize that we made that decision and we have to mm. spend time and invest in them as well so we have to find yeah. that balance between using our youth what are we using our youth for basically yeah. is is and and where where are we going to going to put our time and i think i think that coupled with kind of the the, the the changes in the world and a lot of the fast changes in the world i think it 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 kind of maybe makes us feel like we're on the back foot and we're always trying to chase something always trying to catch up to something maybe we just yeah. need to take a minute to step outside step and back. reflect a little bit and and just think you know 
overall, like what you said, overall, how much impact or differences are going to make if I uh, stop doing a few of these things and put more mm. time elsewhere? You know, like you yeah. said, how much impact really is it going to make if I reduce my hours and reduce my salary a little bit versus how much impact could it have on the time that I spent with my children? I think we could use that formula for a lot of things and realise that yeah. actually uh, we could probably put little a bit less time in this and it would give us a lot more time mm. elsewhere yeah something to think about i think i'm I'm, I'm, I'm on this i mean look the, the fact that i do this this I'm, I'm doing this podcast at the stage where my el- uh, eldest child is three years old and my youngest child is okay. um what 15 16 months right this is still very very young they're babies basically yeah. right so uh when i do this I haven't figured everything out. I'm just bringing you yeah. guys on to help me, really. No, Alhamdulillah, <laughs> that's why this podcast is really good because it's, it's really interesting just getting other people's insights. And yeah. it, everyone comes from their own background and own experiences which shape how they are. And it's interesting hearing other kind of perspectives which I might not have thought of. So, Mala Wawaji, and um, inshallah, may this podcast go on much longer and carry on benefiting people because I found it very beneficial myself and I'm sure many other people have as well Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. thanks for coming on bro we'll wrap up there exactly uh, I think we've been you. on here for more than an hour now Alhamdulillah uh, and uh, really appreciate your time Inshallah we'll uh, bring you on for future episodes as well if you accept our invite of course of course Jazakallah khair Assalamu alaikum Barakallah Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh